Commander Scott Robinson, welcome to Radio Canada International. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Now, you uh, just uh, explain to our listeners and readers uh, where you are and what it's like outside. So I'm uh, Commander Scott Robinson, the commanding officer of HMCS Ville de Quebec, a uh, Halifax-class frigate. And uh, we're actually currently in the middle of the uh, Atlantic Ocean, heading west, uh, back home to Canada, on completion of uh, Opry Assurance. And uh, the weather, it's actually not too bad out, a little choppy and, and windy. Uh, I can expect that to uh, get worse as we go west, uh, running into, into some low-pressure systems. But uh, that's, uh, that's life at sea. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been quite a deployment. 189 days so far, if, I, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, I, I believe that is correct. So, and it's taken you um, across the Atlantic Ocean to the Mediterranean and then to the Northern Atlantic. Just explain what were you doing there? So, uh, we left in July of last year. Uh, on Operation Reassurance, which is uh, Canada's contribution to NATO assurance measures in Europe, and we're the uh, the maritime element of that. So we have the ship, our embarked uh, helicopter, a CH-148 Cyclone, uh, call sign Avalanche. Uh, we also have a, a forward logistics site that uh, uh, travels uh, along with us to the ports we visit. So we, uh, we left Halifax in uh, July and transited across the Atlantic towards the Mediterranean. And uh, we conducted operations under the umbrella of Standing NATO Maritime Group 2, uh, which predominantly operates in the Mediterranean. And uh, we conducted maritime security awareness patrols in that region. And uh, all along, of course, we visited numerous ports of call. Um, and uh, we also had the, the opportunity to proceed uh, in the Norwegian Sea off of, off of Norway, and participated in Exercise Trident Juncture, which was NATO's largest uh, largest exercise since the end of the Cold War. Um, so we had uh, numerous ships, uh, about 50,000 service personnel from uh, allied and partner uh, nations. Um, and on completion of that, we uh, went back into the Mediterranean for a further patrol. Uh, and now we're on our way home. Now, I had the pleasure of uh, watching you from shore uh, at Trondheim uh, Fjord uh, when uh, the, some of these uh, NATO ships uh, sailed in uh, for the media presentation day. Uh, I, th I believe it was on October 30th. Um, tell me, uh, the, the Trident Juncture marked... Uh, uh, a big change uh, in in NATO. This was the largest exercise NATO had conducted since the end of the Cold War, and it um, one part of it was there, there was the terrestrial part and uh, the air part that was held over uh, Norway and parts of Scandinavia. But the maritime part was about securing sea lines of communication. Uh, can you tell me about this? How how has this new renewed tensions with Russia, changed the role of the Canadian Navy um, in, in the recent years? I don't think I can really speak to the, uh, you know, the, the tensions specifically, but uh, I think the important takeaway is that you know, NATO is a collective defense organization, and Canada obviously is a, a signatory to that alliance, and um, partner nations always work together. Um, 
to make sure that we're able to work together because uh, many different nations in NATO, uh, but we have the common uh, thread of collective self-defense and uh, uh, maintaining uh, freedom of navigation in international waters as part of the, you know being in the Navy um, and our ability to come together in such a large exercise such as Trident Juncture and seamlessly work um, you know, in all domains, not just the maritime, but uh, air and land. It just shows the flexibility uh, and adaptability and uh, that NATO can bring to bear if required. Um, and it's quite a quite a sight to see, especially in an exercise like that, when you have so many nations and aircraft and, and personnel that can work seamlessly together. Now, uh, what was uh, the the role of your ship HMCS Ville de Quebec in in this exercise? What what the role were you playing? So, in the exercise, it was uh, quite a uh, uh, you know a big scenario where they had uh, two forces, a north force and a south force, uh, that essentially uh, uh, you know try to defeat one another essentially. Uh, so we could ask, train the warfare aspect of uh, being at sea or on land and in the air. Uh, and Ville de Quebec's role, actually, we had the privilege of being the force anti-submarine warfare commander. Uh, so we looked after uh, all that aspect of uh, that area of warfare uh, for countering enemy submarines, uh, which was quite a big uh, responsibility for the entire South Force. So we had numerous uh, ships and aircraft and uh, friendly submarines uh, at our disposal to, def uh, to defend our force. Uh, so it was a big role, um, but it was uh, very well executed, and uh, it was a privilege to do that. Now, or, uh, if I'm, my, my memory serves me right, Russia sent one of its uh, biggest uh, battle cruisers, Pyotr Veliki, into the area. Did you get a chance to see of the some of the Russian ships or uh, see them on their radars or sonars uh, if these were submarines? No, we didn't. We didn't see any uh, Russian activity. We were uh, fairly uh, removed from any of that. Hmm. Now, uh, so is this the kind of mission that you see your uh, Canadian crews uh, performing in years to come? Uh, in terms of Opry Assurance, it, yes. Uh, yes, I, I do. As uh, and this is, we were the the ninth rotation. Uh, of this mission. Uh, so we've had a, a long list of uh, ships before us conduct this mission, uh, either attached to SNMG2, uh, standing NATO Maritime Group 2 in the Mediterranean, or standing Maritime Group 1, uh, which predominantly operates in the north, uh, the northern Europe. Uh, so, you know, the Navy's prepared to continue to conduct that mission on behalf of the government of Canada, uh, so long as the government chooses to uh, assign forces. Of the kind of, uh, I don't know, the co uh, the ports that you called, uh, uh, is there anything that you remember, uh, something that sticks out personally for you? Uh, I think for the, a lot of the ports we visited, and some of them were, were NATO allies, such as Turkey and uh, Italy, uh, the Netherlands, but we actually had the opportunity to visit uh, several North African countries, uh, such as Algeria, Tunisia, uh, Egypt, uh, as well as Israel, um, and our ships have been to some of those countries before, uh, some we have not uh, in recent years, so it was a great opportunity for the crew to to see a part of the world that they probably would not have often, would have seen on their own, 
uh, unless they were actually uh, in the Navy on this mission uh, to get a chance to go in there. Uh, do you get a chance to disembark and actually uh, go uh, and do a bit of sightseeing? Yeah, we did. Uh, so in uh, in Tunis, uh, Tunisia, we got to uh, visit ancient Carthage, which was quite interesting. Um, uh, same with uh, in Algeria. Uh, we were in the port of Algiers, and we got to visit uh, Roman ruins in the area. Uh, and in Egypt, we got to go to uh, Giza, to the, the pyramids, which was phenomenal. Um, and then one of our, our last trips, uh, before Christmas, actually, we were in Haifa, Israel, and most of the crew got to, uh, to go to Jerusalem and do a tour of the, the city, which was, uh, was quite interesting. Wow. I also understand that you were in Dubrovnik in Croatia. Yes, we were. That was, um, a port we were at, uh, over New Year's. Uh, we were at sea on a patrol for Christmas. Uh, so it was good to get ashore in Dubrovnik, uh, and of course, may, many people know that the uh, it was a film location for uh, a Game of Thrones series. So that was uh, yeah, that was uh, my next question. Are there a lot of Game of Thrones enthusiasts on your ship? <laughs> well, you know, I think there were, and uh, I know there were some reruns of Game of Thrones being shown uh, in the various messes uh, before we get alongside or when we were actually in there, which was, of course, entertaining. Now, did uh, you were uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean? Did you get a chance to get into the Black Sea? No, we didn't actually. When we deployed in July, the the NATO group that we were uh, under was actually in the Black Sea at the time. So by the time we got across the Atlantic and into the Mediterranean, uh, they had finished their Black Sea patrol. Uh, so unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to do that. So what's uh, what's next for you? When are you expecting to arrive in Halifax to your families? Well, uh, we were going to get in on the 23rd, but I just changed that several hours ago, and we're going to arrive on the 21st on, on the Monday. Wow. Uh, just to avoid some uh, some weather and uh, get home early with, uh, to see our families. Um, so we're, we're definitely looking forward to getting home after uh, over six months away. Now, um, what happens with a warship once you've been out for almost six months and uh, come back to uh, your home port? So when we get back, the, uh, the most important thing is for the, the crew members to uh, get home with their families, uh, relax, uh, take some uh, well-earned vacation or leave, as we call it. And uh, there is a duty watch uh, custodial crew on board that will, uh, will look after the ship to make sure it's safe alongside. Uh, so we, we make sure that we have people who either didn't deploy uh, or people who uh, left to come back home early uh, can take over that responsibility to allow the rest of the crew to, to relax. Um, and then after that, uh, when people come back to work, um, there'll be a, a work period, as we call it, where we'll have uh, our maintenance facility. Uh, personnel will come on board, uh, fix equipment that uh, needs repair, uh, or do work because there's always upkeep with the warship, just like there is with a car or anything anything else. And uh, and then the the ship will carry on with its next program uh, later in the year. Now, in terms of uh, the lessons that you learn um, during this kind of uh, long deployments and participating in exercises uh, like uh, Trident Juncture, um, are, are do you? get to uh, transfer them in any kind of uh, systematic fashion to the rest of your colleagues on other warships? Uh, how does uh, this kind of experience get, get passed on? 
so uh, the short answer is, is yes, and, and the long answer is uh, we're always, uh, you know, we are a learning organization. Uh, anything we do or any lesson that we learn, we disseminate that to the rest of the fleet, and, uh, you know, that goes back to even our, um, our schools where we, we teach operations or various uh, evolutions so we can make those better because there's always room for improvement in everything we do. Um, the, the biggest takeaway from this deployment is, uh, is this is the first operational deployment of the uh, CH-148 Cyclone, uh, a Block II aircraft, which my, uh, my air officer will speak to. And uh, since this is the first deployment of that, uh, that asset uh, overseas doing operations, we've learned a, a significant amount of, uh, uh, of, of lessons learned. And that continuously goes back through a, uh, a feedback loop of what we learned, and it goes back ashore in Canada to the various stakeholders, so they can, uh, you know, not repeat the same lessons uh, or the same mistakes that we had, uh, and that they can be that much further ahead for when the next uh, ships and detachments of helicopter go out the door for the next mission. Well, thank you very much for taking so much time to speak with me, and I'm looking forward to speaking with your air officer. Perfect. I will put him on.